Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. No games on the schedule? No! That doesn't stop us from talking football. This is the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by Raising the Stakes Fundraising and Leadership Development. Here are your hosts, past WFCA President Tom Swiddle and WSSP High School Insider, Big Time Mike McGiver. Welcome into the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Go to PellaWI.com. I'm Mike McGivern. Thanks for joining us, my co-host. He is uh, the past president of WFCA. He's a Hall of Fame member and associate head coach. Associate head coach at Arrowhead. He's Tom Swiddle. Coach, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Mike. How are you? Uh, doing good. Yeah, hanging in there. Been a rough week, but a uh, little wobbled, but uh, still standing. And yeah. uh, looking forward to today's show, and and I promise you that I'm going to get that uh, that intro that that uh, the intro to the show. I'll get that taken care of before our next show, and I promised I'd get it done before this one, but um, I failed to do that, Coach Swiddle. And if I was well, on you've your had team, a lot going on. Yeah, if I was on your team, you'd make me uh, do a couple of laps or something. I don't know what you do as a as a coach, but um, I promise that I'll get that fixed uh, before uh, before too long. Uh, things are going well for, for you. I don't know how much you guys can be doing right now at, uh, at Arrowhead with your teams. You can't meet in person and your boys, but I'm sure you guys are staying in contact with them. Yeah, there's, there, I've had literally no contact with uh, any of the players at, at Arrowhead. Any communications have been done through, you know, huddle messaging and, and, uh, that's the way we've we've been kind of working together as a staff as well through Zoom meeting, meetings and so on. Man, that's that's uh, that's tough, but it, everybody's in the same boat, and we'll uh, we'll find out you know how this works hopefully soon, and hopefully the the, the season will go off without a hitch, and, and that's really what I'm hoping. Let me run down today's show for us. Um, but the first three segments, we're going to talk to Joe Nellis, the head football coach at Brookfield Central, along with Matt Kern, who has been a friend of this show and a friend of my um, the Youth Sports Show. And we're going to talk about youth football with those guys for a few segments. At 10.45, that segment, we're going to talk to Jim Hyland. He's the Vice President of Communications and Public Affairs with Pick and Save and Gina Della from Pella, Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. We want to thank them. 
for being involved in, in our shows, our high school shows. Without those guys, without sponsors like them, we can't do shows like this. And I definitely want to say thank you in both of their worlds right now, not only at Pick and Save, but at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. It's really changed the way they do things. And we want to thank them and talk to them a little bit about their business. At 11 o'clock, we're going to talk to the head football coach at Chippewa Falls. He is Chuck Reykjavich. Pretty close, Tom? Pretty close. Reykjavich. Reykjavich. Boy, I was close. Chuck Reykjavich, head football coach at Chippewa Falls. He'll join us. And then 11.30, Eric Tresky, head football coach at Wisconsin Lutheran College, will join us. So it's going to be a, a jam-packed show, and I'm looking forward to it. Now joining us, head football coach, second year now, Joe Nellis, head football coach at Brookfield Central, and Matt Kern from New Berlin, Eisenhower. And, and Tom, let's talk a little bit about uh, the youth side of this that we're going to talk to these guys about. Mike, are you there? I'm yep, sorry. I'm my, 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 my connection, I apologize. I have a like a weak connection today for some reason. That's okay. But, yeah, you know, I, I became, you know, we've done youth football, the topic, uh, frequently on the show. Uh, and, and, you know, you do have your own youth sports. Yep. People do. And uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, Coach Nellis and I uh, were talking, and I became aware of a meeting that was had uh, not that long ago that involved uh, area head football coaches and uh, youth football coaches, at which a lot of topics discussed. And I just thought it would be great to catch up on some of the things that are happening um, around the state in youth football. And uh, Joel and Matt, thank you for being on today. Happy to be here, guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks, Tom. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate the chance to, to talk with you guys. You know, Joel, some background on that meeting that you had. Um, perhaps talk a little bit about uh, how this meeting came about. What was the impetus? What was the motivation for getting stakeholders in youth football together? Um, well, I think for me, um, it was, you know, first year as a head coach, a lot of stuff on your plate, just trying to get through the year. Um, and then when that was all said and done and the off season hit, um, you know, you're thinking about what, what's the next step. And I really wanted to go back to the youth football um, and, and think about, you know, that's a place where we need to grow. And I was concerned that, you know, if we didn't do the right things, if we didn't work together as a group, that. Um, you know, we could be in danger because I've heard I've heard guys talk about the state of youth football and where they think it's at and what they think the problems are. But I thought it'd really be good if we could just get together as a group. And, and this group specifically was the varsity head coaches at the AAYFL level. Uh, that's our youth league here down in the Milwaukee area. One of the opportunities to play youth football. So we reached out um, to all of the the coaches um, and just wanted to get together to talk about youth football. And um, I thought it would just be something that. You know, at that level, you're not giving away any secrets. Um, it's not like a clinic where, you know, you're trying not to have someone learn your system or things like that. I think at that level, everyone's on the same page. We know we need numbers to grow um, if we want to have a program for ourselves at the varsity level. And I thought it'd be good to, you know, I, I am, you know, as long as my second year as a head coach, I've been involved in the youth program. That's where I, you know, started coaching when I was back in high school. So I, I love what youth football brings but I wanted to make sure that everyone, you know, was on the same page, working towards the same goals, um, and really see what the other areas of concern were out there. So it was really, I was honored that all the guys that, you know, when I sent an initial email, 
um, just like, hey, are you guys up for helping? Almost, it was 100% yes. And um, I was really thrilled that, that so many of these guys, which I knew they would, um, you know, want to do the right thing, want to help youth football, want to make sure it's as good as it can be. Matt, you've been involved in, in youth football for quite some time. You um, really rose from the youth football ranks to your position of head coach at New Berlin Eisenhower. And um, so you've been around for a long time, obviously. What are some of the things that you've seen in, in sort of your career, um, how how things have changed at the youth football level compared to how it was when you started to where it is now? Well, I, you know, I think the first big thing that comes to mind is that the the numbers just came to us early on when when I was coaching. I started coaching. My first year was I was coaching with the sixth grade in 2000. Um, Joe Shell was running the generals program at that time and, and continued to do so through about 2008. And, and in those years, um, sign up was as simple as uh, put a flyer out uh, maybe once and uh, people would just show up. And, you know, we would have 30 to 35 kids per team. And, and that was pretty much the, the extent of our marketing efforts. And, and I think the, you know, the biggest change I've seen is just how much more competitive now the landscape is for youth sports. Um, how obviously football has, you know, the marketing around youth football has changed uh, both for the for the negative and for the positive here more of late, and just uh, you know what it what it takes now to to get kids interested in football, to keep kids interested in football. There's a lot more discussion now about um, playing time, playing involvement, what kind of experience kids are having. I think when I first started, it was more about you know you, it was competitive and it was winning games and and uh, putting out the best product on the field on Saturdays as you could. And, and that's really changed, I think, now for the better, where it's become more focused on the experience kids are having, making sure kids have a role. Um, and then are you retaining kids into the high school level past eighth grade? We are, we are talking with uh, Joe Nellis, head football coach at Brook Central, and Matt Kern, the head football coach at New Berlin Eisenhower. And Joel, um, what was really encouraging to me is is when you said, look, we got we got the head football coaches together and we discussed it. One of the reasons that, that I started that youth sports show a number of years ago is I would get calls from people that said, hey, um, we run a youth football program. And they would call about, let's say, the Franklin Youth Football Program. And they'd say, look, they, they seem to have all the kids and all the, the money and the volunteers that they need. How do they do that? And I'd say, why are you calling me? I'm, just, I'm a radio guy. Why don't you call them? And they go, oh, no, we can't do that. No, we just do the things we do, and they do the things they do. So it's really encouraging to me. And I know that Matt Kern, because we've had this conversation, that he, he believes the way to, to get through this is to make sure that, that everybody's kind of on the same page and you can get good ideas from that guy and good ideas from this guy. I mean, 10 years ago, if somebody said the head football coach from New Berlin Eisenhower was going to hook up with the guy from New Berlin West and they were going to have their, their youngest football players play together as a co-op, they would have said, you're crazy. But that's what we have, the kind of stuff we have to do. So I'm really, really encouraged, Joel, that you guys are doing this. Yeah, I think it was... Um... You know, I, I'm just someone that I think values collaboration a lot. It's the way I, I coach with our guys. I trust our you know, our coaches to do a lot. And um, I'm also smart enough to know that someone like Matt 
you know, who's started at the youth level has a lot more experience than I do, and trying to go at this alone would be, you know, really a not a not a smart move. Um, so I think that, and that's the thing that we have to break down now is um, we're at the point now where, you know, there's there's different highs and lows throughout our league, and we saw that we put out some information to just get some data back, you know, and there's there's programs that have, you know three to four, you know, three to four kids at a grade level. There's programs that have 40 kids at a grade level. So, um, and it really doesn't, you know, like I think the biggest thing that Matt pointed out in that last comment was the the focus has shifted. Um, I I think everyone wants to win and that's great, but I think we understand that winning at the youth football level and winning at the varsity level are two different things. And, you know, I think us as varsity head coaches are the ones that, you know, really care the most about the youth football experience being positive and getting kids playing time. And if we don't win a AAYFL championship, it's okay. The goal is to be playing for conference championships and playoff appearances and state championships when they're juniors and seniors. So um, I think guys are really, um, you know, focused on what that looks like and making adjustments to what, um, you know, they think the youth level could be and should be and, and kind of, working to understand where parents and kids are currently at um, in terms of how they want to enjoy their youth sports experience. You know, Mike, I, I think it's very telling that, you know, you're, you're two of the, the more successful youth programs out there in Brookfield Central and uh, New Berlin Eisenhower that, uh, you know, the, the programs that have been very successful through the years are starting to look at, can we do things differently? And that's just sort of surrounds youth football. And it's one of the reasons why the WFCA as an organization has, has made youth football sort of a point of emphasis, especially with, you know, for John Hulk, our, our president. It's something that he wants to, in his presidency, you know, really have an impact on. So this a great discussion to be having with, with two individuals who understand the, you know, what's at stake for, for their high school programs. Yeah, I agree. And, and, and Matt, can we talk a little bit and then we have to get to a break, but the idea that, 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 that you had in New Berlin, that the two head coaches from the high schools in New Berlin had at the really um, at, at the flag football level to co-op the teams to, to, to get kids to understand that they it's okay if you play at that age with you know kids from that are going to go to West and have the kids from Berlin you make it one big community program how how effective was that for you it's been very effective um, I, you know I, and I think where that was born from was you know we had started playing we were playing third and fourth grade tackle football um, you know around maybe 2008 2009 we had started that and I think both Coach Chosick and I had a desire to get out of that um, just in our own belief that we should be playing flag football at that level and, and maybe starting to look at some of the gradual uh, you know, ways that you can ease kids into the game of football. And so, uh, you know, I think really where that was born from was just a desire to do what was best for the sport of football, for the kids, and really football in the city of New Berlin. And, uh, you know, we thought the best way to do that was, was by collaborating on, on what we're doing. And that's where the end buffs, it's New, New Berlin United, uh, idea came from and you know it's only been this upcoming year will be our third and uh it's been great to see the and we had an explosion of of numbers i think we almost doubled our numbers from year one to year two so i think there's a desire for kids to play the sport and and get out there and try it and 
Um, you know, big kids want to be receivers and play quarterback, and it's a great opportunity for all the kids to, to get to play different positions and just enjoy the game. Let's get to a break. Other side of the break, we'll continue our conversation with Matt Kern, head football coach in Berlin, Eisenhower, Joe Nellis, head football coach at Brookfield Central, and my co-host, the associate head coach at Arrowhead. I'm surprised Nellis and Kern will even come on the show with you coaching at Arrowhead now, Coach Swiddle, but they're, they're <laughs> coming on. So we'll get to continue to talk youth football on the other side of the break. This is the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coach Association show presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. I'm Mike McGivern, my co-host. He is a past president of WFCA and the associate head coach at Arrowhead, Tom Swiddle. Hey, Tom, one of the reasons we started this show is when you walked in, and I don't know how many years it's been, six years, something like that, you walked into the intercom and, and we sat in that small conference room and you said, Mike, I believe, and a lot of coaches alongside me believe that football's never been safer, yet we are, you know, we are getting just killed in the media right now, and we're losing kids at the youth level. And I agree with you because of the way that we that that you practice nowadays compared to how we practice when I went to Mesmer and got beat up all the time. Um, I, I just think that it is safer, and and they're they're even doing more to to make sure the kids fall in love with the game and are not afraid to play until they get into a you know maybe the sixth grade or seventh grade level. And, and I'm wondering, Tom, your feeling as the associate head coach at Arrowhead, I believe the youth programs are going in the right direction. And I think this is a really good move um, as far as keeping kids, not putting pads on and not playing tackle full contact until they get a little bit older. Your feeling on that? Yeah, I, I agree. When you look around the United States and, and you know, different states have, have really uh, – have uniform now youth football rules and uh you know it's getting later and later in development um that they go to tackle football you know from flag football eight man football and sixth grade playing on half a field and you know there's a progression now versus you know let's start hitting and tackling at uh you know in third grade and i think it's needed and uh you know what we have to do is and, and you can't mandate, you know. I mean, that's that's the one thing. It's FCA's position is we want to mandate what happens in youth football, but at the same time, we have to recognize what is going on and and any steps towards, you know, those kinds of things that we've talked about uh, through the years on this show. Those things being implemented, it's just simply going to help youth football. It is, and we are joined by Joe Nellis, head football coach at Burke Central, Matt Kern. Head football coach at New Berlin Eisenhower. Joel, this is a question for you. You played at a really high level. And, and I'm wondering the difference between playing youth football now and playing youth football when you played youth football is what? Um, well, I think there's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot that I've seen. Obviously, uh, I started playing football in fourth grade. I played with a fourth, fifth, sixth combined team. Um, which was a, a neat experience for me at the time to play with some older kids. Um, but it was a very 
I mean, it was it was what I would consider almost like a high school experience. I mean, the amount of amount of yelling that was done, the you know severe, and not necessarily teaching the game, but you know t- focusing so much on execution. Um, and you know, we were. I mean, we had some tough practices. Uh, the the I think the idea of conditioning was a lot different. You know, we I went to I'm a, I'm a graduate of Madison Memorial High School and ever been there it's a pretty sprawling campus and we used to have to run the grand tour um which is a whole lot of jogging um and so i think that coaches today are being a lot smarter about what um physical abilities it takes to play football um you know not i remember I had a conversation with uh, mcguanago youth or heard, heard about mcguanago youth program eliminating conditioning and I think the community would have thought they, you know, a kid died or something. It was, can you believe that they don't condition anymore? And it's like, yeah, we, if you practice well, um, if you, if you do things the right way in practice, you don't need to focus on, you know, up downs and, and things like that. So I think it's really, it, I don't think it's made kids softer. I think it's acknowledging what it takes to play the sport well and not doing the extra things. Um, and I think there's really a focus on playing time as well that coaches are, way more cognizant of trying to get kids at the at the in the game in different positions and different halves and different sides of the ball um and i think it's a point of emphasis that that our parents need to understand and know about hey um, um coach kern you you were uh you started your career coaching at the youth level and now that you know running new berlin eisenhower for a number of years and so you have a special place in your heart i think for the youth program We've had this discussion in the past, but your belief is to get kids to to feel comfortable, to have a fun experience at those early ages, to get them to fall in love with the sport that you're in love with, to be able to keep them into the program from third grade to fourth to fifth and all the way up is just a really important dynamic in youth football now. Well, it's huge. And I think we spent a lot of time, you know, like even Joel and I <clears throat> getting to know each other and, and kind of going through this process with the youth coaches, trying to just figure out, you know, what, what should youth football look like from third grade through eighth grade? And um, that sounds like a simple question, but it's got a very, very tricky answer because uh, every program's got a little bit different priorities. Every, every program's got a little bit different thought process on what that should look like. So we've got some flag some modified flags, some, um, you know, Tom can probably speak to some of the things that USA football is, is doing with, with some of the padded flag and things like that. So, uh, it, you know, it's, it's like asking somebody what their favorite ice cream flavor is, butter, pecan, strawberry, chocolate, whatever. You know, you're trying to get everybody to agree on one answer. It's, it's almost impossible. So, um, but I, I think that's, that's where our flag program came from for the third and fourth grade. And, you know, I think we're looking at some ideas of, what maybe fifth grade should look like, sixth grade should look like. And ultimately we all want the same thing. And that's just to get more kids playing um, and, you know, try to grow our high school numbers as best we can. Hey, gentlemen, I would wonder if you guys wouldn't mind summarizing some of the things that were um, said at that meeting um, that you had with the area football coaches and youth um, uh, coaches um, you know, what were some of the, the that are happening right now that came out? And, and what were some of the negatives that, that that people feel are happening right now with youth football? Joel, would you like to start? Yeah, sure. Um, it's funny. I actually have my notes. I found my notes from the, that night as I'm just going through and I was looking at some of the things. Um, 
the one point that was brought up that I thought was interesting was um, parental fatigue. And, you know, it kind of alluded to the fact that, you know, there's a lot of other sports that are getting um, kids to commit to more um, earlier. And, you know, it's almost like football is on the outside looking in, where I think what's what's interesting to me is that I think we're really an upside for our, our communities and that we're not asking kids to play year-round. We're encouraging them to play other sports. Um, you know, we really want to be um, – we really want to be a, hey, we're a one-sport season, and, um, you know, it's something that we, we take pride in. And, you know, some people look at and think, you know, wow, well, you guys have that, that crazy August, and, you know, you're there for every day. And, you know, I, I've, I'm, I'm also a coach because, obviously, guys, I have nothing else to do, so why not coach another sport? Um, <laughs> I'm coaching – I'm coach, I coach my son's youth basketball team uh, the, for the um, WYBL for the Junior Lancer program, and holy cow! I mean that sucker goes from you know November, late October through March. It's literally longer than the high school basketball season. And so, you know, I think that part of it we need to do a better job of is educating our parents on yeah that that August may seem a little bit longer, but it's not baseball in the fall, summer, and spring. And I don't want to bash other sports. I just think people need to know and understand what the commitment is from other sports and to not lose sight of the fact that, you know, I think we really do a pretty good job with our time and and the nature of our sport because we play 11 different positions on both sides of the ball requires a little bit extra time. And also the fact that we're not doing skill development the rest of the year. We're not asking kids to play in a seven-on-seven league. We're not – you know, so we really have to, to cram their football knowledge into a short amount of time. Yeah, I, I would agree with that, Coach. It's, you know, I, I was, in all those years that I was involved, started the, the program at Wauwatosa East, the Wauwatosa East Junior Raiders. We got into the AAYFL in 1994. And, uh, you know, I was super, super involved until I left in 2010 and went to Brookfield East and then I continued at Brookfield East with the youth but you know I it always amazed me talked about this Joel you know you could start practice in the AAYFL and I don't know what the current rule is but you know the first Saturday in August and no games were played until after Labor Day you know and it always struck me my god that season is way longer you know than than the high school season what a commitment to ask for kids to, you know, to, to you know, a whole month before school starts, you're, you're, you know, you're practicing football. So, you know, those are the little things that I've looked at as, as things that could be changing that would help, I think, youth football. I don't, and, and I don't know if that's still the case or not, but um, what did you get out of that meeting in terms of positives, negatives? Are you, are you talking to me, Tom? Yes, yes. Yes. I'm sorry. I, mean, I, I, I break up every about minute or so here, and I apologize for that. That's okay. I mean, I, I think the, the meeting was really just an initial one, and, and it was it was Joel that put that together and had the idea, which is a great one, just to get, get the conversation going. So we didn't really get into a lot of depth with, with too much, but the one big point that I tried to urge at that meeting was is let's try to take on bigger topics and the harder ones because I, I think the the – the issues about well, how how should we practice and how should we promote and market? Um, you know how how should we train our coaches? I mean, I think those are great conversations, but those are ones we've been having now for several years. I think the bigger questions 
are on, you know, what like I had referred to earlier about, well, what, what do we want football to look like from third through eighth grade? How can we help programs? Um, how can we get varsity coaches on the same page? I mean, I think that's an underrated part of this, too, is there's some coaches that are, some varsity head coaches that are very involved with their youth programs. There are some that are moderately involved, and there's some that maybe are not involved at all at, with their youth programs. And I think just getting all the varsity coaches kind of on the same page about what kind of involvement they want to have with their youth programs and then trying to institute change um, through that uh, route uh, you know, is, is what I think is the best thing that we can do, especially if we're teaming up with the, the um, coaches association and trying to just get on, on at least the same, wave, same wavelength with the types of things that we're wanting to see. He is uh, Matt Curran, the head football coach at New Berlin Eisenhower, also joined by Joe Nellis. He's the uh, head football coach at Brook Central. Guys, we're going to get to a break. Other side of the break, um, I, I know that in USA football, and there's another league in, in, in this area that went to rookie uh, tackle, and I don't know if, if the, um, the league that you guys are in, the AAYFL, um, has interest or, or um, is that something you guys are, are looking at or if you um, at least studied a little bit on, on that rookie tackle and some of the things that USA football is recommending. We will talk to these guys about that on the other side of the break. Again, we're talking to Joe Nellis, head football coach at Brook Central, Matt Kern, head football coach at New Berlin Eisenhower. This is the Pick and Save, Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Go to PellaWI.com for more information. I'm Mike McGivern, my co-host is the past president of the WFCA. He's a Hall of Fame member and associate head coach at Heartland Arrowhead. He's Tom Swiddle. We're joined by the two head coaches of uh, one from Brookfield Central. He's Joel Nellis and the other from New Berlin Eisenhower, Matt Kern. Hey, guys, before we went to a break, I brought up uh, USA football and, and how rookie tackle, a kind of a modified game to introduce tackle football to, to the uh, youth players, is being implemented in a couple of different leagues uh, throughout the Midwest and throughout the country. Are you familiar with, with uh, USA football and the rookie tackle league that they're, that they have? Yeah. Uh, on my end, I am. Uh, yes, I'm familiar with the rookie tackle. I think it's a, a good, we dabbled. We had a, a fourth and fifth grade padded flag this year. Um, and, you know, something that we, we dabbled in a little bit, or I like the modifications of a half a field and, sort of the parameters that they put on it. Um, you know, from my end of things, as I look at um, USA football, I actually do a, a podcast for USA football, so I kind of have some allegiance to them. But I, I think that the one thing I like about it, but there's other opportunities out there with Tackle Bar and a number of other things, is that they've, they've created sort of a, a standard protocol. And, you know, I think what Matt talked about um, tackling the bigger issues is – it's going to be if we don't have something that's kind of a precedent or a uh, you know maybe a bigger program in place, it's going to be hard to get everyone to come together and and decide on hey this is how the AAYFL is going to do you know now we got to have another committee and another thing to to kind of you know decide on what are the rules and and there's a whole lot of you know streamlining that would might be a little bit tougher so 
I think for us, at least in my opinion, and Matt may feel differently, I, I just I like that they've done this and they've put out some parameters and things in place so that they, you know, have um, – so you can kind of know and understand, like, hey, they've already thought through this at a national level. Um, and I think that's, that's just a good thing on my end that I see as a, as a, a highlight potentially for the, for the program. Hey, uh, Matt, Matt, same question uh, for you as far as being able to, to look at some of the things that other people are doing um, to get more kids interested, keep kids safe playing a, a sport that we all love. Uh, and I know that you do a lot of uh, research and you have a lot of ideas on, on a lot of different topics when it comes to youth football. Um, you, your, your thought on the rookie tackle football that USA has, uh, has put out? Well, you know, on all the reading I've done and the, the looking at things I've done, I, I think the toughest grade levels are on making decisions are on fifth and sixth grade because I, I really do think third and fourth grade is perfectly set up for flag football. Um, you know, we talked about how the, the NBUF experience and what we've seen with, with you know, getting kids interested in the sport through flag. And, you know, if I had my choice, I, I'd like to start our tackle program at seventh grade. Currently, we, we start at fifth grade. Um uh, just because we don't have enough other options right now, to, but to play tackle football fifth and sixth grade. But uh, so specifically, you know, you're about the rookie tackle. I think that's that's definitely one great option. Uh, it allows you to play with some limited numbers, and it gets kids more accustomed to a field that's maybe more appropriate their, for their size. And I, I don't think anybody questions why little league baseball has to be played on a smaller diamond. So I, I don't think, you know. You know, introducing that idea to football is really that crazy of an idea. Um, so whether it's rookie tackle, whether it's you know modified flag or, or padded flag, you know what exactly fifth and sixth grade football should look like. I guess I would be open to having that discussion with other people that were invested in that. But um, those would be the levels that I would most want to look at personally. Mike, I'm wondering if I could uh, do something here, um, as as you know. Uh, the WFCA is involved with the Green Bay Packers and the WIA, the USA football, um, in trying to um, start a youth football alliance for the state of Wisconsin. There's been several meetings um, that we've had. Uh, a lot of organizations have, have participated in these meetings, and we've talked about this before. But th this is out of the November meeting point, some of the the bullet points, if you will, for the State Youth Football Alliance, um, just some things that they came up with. And I'd love to hear uh, Joel and Matt's reaction to some of the things that were talked about at the meeting. You know, obviously, the, the biggest issue that is seen across the state in youth football is increasing. Um, they talked about at this meeting better communication to coaches, parents, and media. And the need for high school head football coaches, it's critical for them to be a part of this communication. Uh, need to change the perception that youth football is the Wild West. You know, that goes. Um, right. You know, uh, th there's a desire to control their own destiny for youth football. Have a say in what's going to happen. And finally... Um, you know, make parents comfortable allowing their children to play youth football. So those are things that came out of the November meeting as as main issues for the state youth football alliance. Gentlemen, any reaction? Matt, you want to tackle that one first? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think 
basically everything you hit on there, Tom, are things that I've seen and, and I would echo that those are, those are spot on. I mean, I think the communication thing rings a bell with me. I mean, I think you hear that constantly from parents about they just want to know what's going on. They want to understand why decisions are being made. Um, they, they want to, to know uh, what's, what's being coached, what's, what practice schedules are going to look like, things like that. So I think the communication piece uh, definitely is something that, that I found to be, to be true. And I, I think the investment piece, too, uh, rings true for, for me. Cause I, I think you know, one thing we've seen is kids lose interest in the sport if they feel like they're being pigeonholed into a position at too young right. of an age. Um, the, the kid who maybe is physically more mature at a young age who gets put on the line who is not going to be a lineman by the time they're a freshman or sophomore, uh, and just helping kids and parents to understand how how the journey looks through seven or eight years of football and what, what it looks like in one year may not be what it looks like in another year. So, uh, yeah, I think I think the list is pretty much spot on. Joel? Um, yeah, I guess my big my big thing is making parents feel comfortable. Um, that was something that, um, you know, when I sat down with our board and asked for pain points outside of, you know, potentially safety stuff, what were things? And, you know, they made it pretty clear that uh, one thing is, you know, you kind of know what you're getting from other sports um, because there's not a lot of contact. You know, if a kid, kid doesn't – a parent knows what basketball looks like. A parent knows what – soccer looks like and baseball looks like but maybe with the added contact the parent you know is having to make a decision to commit a couple hundred dollars you know to a sport and not sure how their kids going to handle contact and um you know making sure that parents feel uh that they know what they're getting into and i think that they get to know the coaches and and do all those things so i think that we've tried to do a lot of stuff in our program to try to encourage parent involvement, to get our parents to know who I am, who the, who the board is, who our coaches are, uh, who the other kids are playing, and then provide a connection to our players because I think our varsity players do a phenomenal job of selling what our program can do um, and who they can become in the process. So I think the parent piece is, is huge and uh, something that I'm, you know, I think we have to do as an entire group to, to go that extra mile to, to really bring parents to feel comfortable with what we're doing and really the value that I think we all know football adds to, to a boy's uh, development into, um, you know, a, a teenager and then a man moving forward. There's you no know, doubt. when I, oh, go I'm ahead, sorry, Tom. Mike. No, go ahead. I, I was just going to say that, um, you know, when I, I was all fired up way back when, when, uh, you know, we got the, the junior Raider football program going at Wauwatosa East. And I remember having with Ben Veit, uh, then the head coach at Wauwatosa West. And I said, Ben, this is just going to be great. We're going to get kids playing football early. They're going to stick with it, you know. And Ben had a, a concept that, that I hadn't even thought of. And, and it really, I had to think about it when he said to me, you know, it can be a great experience and it can help your high school program but if they don't have a great experience, it's going to hurt your high school program, you know. Um, and it's the first time that I had ever, like, thought about it in that way. You know, we must have a great experience for these kids who play. Yeah, Back to my own personal, you know, situation where I, I started playing football in sixth grade in 1968 for Tom Talmadge at uh, Christ King School in Wauwatosa. And I had a great experience, and here I am all these years later still involved in organized football. And I yeah. think that's what we're talking about. 
and that's the love of it. And the, and the love that Tom has is the same that Joel Nellis has and, and Matt Kern certainly has with the amount of sweat equity that these guys put in, not only at the youth program, but at their high school program. Guys, thank you so much for a couple of minutes of your time. We really appreciate it. Um, we're hoping, and we didn't have time to talk about it, but we're hoping that your season starts on time. And uh, and as a community and as a country, we're ready to move forward. And, and high school football is certainly something that we all love and look forward to being able to just get back to some normalcy. So, Matt Kern, thank you. Joe Nellis, thank you very much. We're going to get to a break. You bet. Thanks, guys. Thank you, guys. Yeah, other side of the break, we're going to talk to the sponsors that make this show happen. Um, Jim Hyland is the Vice President of Communications and Public Affairs for Pick and Save, and Gina Della from Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. This is the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. I'm Mike McGivern, alongside my co-host, kind of. He's at home. I'm at my house. Uh, He sounds like he's right next door. He sounds good. Hey, um, Tom, before we get to our next guest, and and I can't thank Pick and Save and Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin enough for sponsoring our show. And it's really important for, for guys like that to believe in what we're doing to be able to, to do shows like this and carry on, um, you know, the football message throughout the state of Wisconsin to parents, to kids, and to coaches throughout the state. And the people at Pick and Save right now are busier than ever. And we had Jim on last week when we did the, the baseball show, but I wanted to ask him to come back on and talk to the football families throughout the state of Wisconsin and just kind of thank Jim and the people at uh, your local Pick and Save store for not only sponsoring this show and believing in, in high school athletics and student athletes throughout the state of Wisconsin, but certainly with what's going on right now, they, they are, boy, I'll tell you, they are a, a, a mainstay in our in our family and heading to the pick and save in, in Brookfield about twice a week if we if we can. And the, the shelves are stocked. Everybody's been very kind and they're doing a lot of things at store level um, with safety concerns, not only for their employees, but for the customers. And we're now joined again by Jim Hyland. He's a vice president of communications and public affairs for your local pick and save stores. Hey, Jim, another week. How you doing? Okay, Mike. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks a lot for a couple of minutes of your time again. And, and you know, last week we talked to the baseball coaches from around the state. And, uh, you know, this uh, this week we're talking to football coaches and families from around the state of Wisconsin. And I wanted you to come back in to once again thank you and, and pick and save uh, for, for sponsoring all the high school stuff that I do and believing in, in, in student athletes and their families um, and, and communities throughout the state. Uh, let's talk a little bit about, um, my first question might seem a little weird to you, but what what's keeping you up at night right now? Well, you know, Mike, it, it makes no difference whether there's a pandemic happening or not, but the one thing that keeps all grocers up at night is out of stocks. You always want to have as much stock on the shelves as possible. And during the pandemic and with the increased demand for product, our number one priority from an operations standpoint, obviously safety is our first priority, but from an operations standpoint, it's keeping shelves replenished. 
we have a demand issue right now, not a supply issue. There's plenty of food out there. Uh, we've had some gaps in the supply chain uh, due to the spikes in demand among certain product types, uh, which I think you know what they are, sure. especially during the early stages of the pandemic. So since the pandemic began, we've been able to increase our replenishment, but we do still have some shortages, you know, as I mentioned, in certain products. So that's why we ask our customers, shop responsibly, purchase what you need, uh, knowing that we'll continue to replenish the stores daily. Hey, you know, I have to tell you that with my wife going, and, and I go with her um, at times, but to your store off 124th and Capitol, what I have found and what she has found is not only are the people that are working in the stores are, are just so friendly. It's kind of like we're all in this together, obviously. And then the customers, for the most part, are extremely kind. And, and hey, do you want to go in front of us? And, and why don't you take this cart and things like that? And I think that idea of, of everybody is in this together has softened a lot of people where they don't feel like they have to get that parking spot. They can park a couple of spots away and, and just get the walk in. And, and, and I think there are some good things that are happening um, as we go through this um, together. Some of the clients that I have, Jim, when I talk to them about how they've had to change uh, some of the, their going to business um, policies, and I've asked them and they've said, look, one of the good things that's happened with this is there are some things that we've had to adjust to that we may continue to do when things get back to normal. Is there anything that you guys have seen and you guys have done at Pick and Save that you may that you think, boy, this works actually pretty well and we may keep it? Well, yeah, it's a good question. Um, clearly, there's been uh, an increased demand in our e-commerce business. And to give you some perspective on the increased demand in online ordering. We received 9,000 more orders online this week than the prior week. Um, so there's a drastic shift to online shopping, and we anticipate a significant amount of what were previously in-store sales or in-store customers shifting to online you know, once the pandemic ends uh, because people are coming accustomed to this, accustomed to this online shopping experience, which I want to add is contact-free. You pay for it when you go online. Uh, we bring it out to the car. We load it for you. You never get out of your car. There's uh, no transaction that takes place, so it's contact-free, which is important during this pandemic. So we, we think that will have some staying power once the pandemic is over. Customers will uh, probably, some of them will convert over to more of being online customers and in-store. Other than that, it's really hard to say at this point what the new, nor new normal will be. I mean, we're looking at a number of things right now, and we'll just have to wait and see what the new normal turns out to be so we can implement those changes accordingly. But we're keeping an eye on it. We're, we're noodling on it and deciding, you know, how we want to change things once this is over. But it's just too early to say. Hey, hey Jim, I love the 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. time frame for old guys like me. I think you should keep that. That's that's the one that I think yeah. you should keep that, you know, for, for the old guys that want to get up early and get in and, and get to the store and, and uh, the shelves are stocked really nicely. And uh, I think for, for me personally, if you want to keep that 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. time frame for old guys, uh, you go ahead and keep that. Well, you know, it's been very well received. It's funny you should mention that. And we certainly appreciate the concern and care our customers have expressed for senior shoppers and as well as higher risk customers too who utilize that six to eight time frame. 
and customers have been, uh, you know, we, there's no police state here. We've just asked people to be conscious of it, and our customers have been respectful these hours. They schedule their shopping trips at other times of the day. So all in all, it's been a great success all the way around. I, I hear you on that. Hey, Jim, thank Mike. you so much. Oh, go, go ahead, Tom. But I was just going to say, Mike, uh, that uh, Ingrid and I, we shopped uh, the pick and save that's on uh, Calhoun and Capital. Okay. And, you know, it's always been uh, a great shopping experience, but especially so during this pandemic. So thanks for all that you're doing. Well, we appreciate that. And, you know, as I said last week, the customers have been there for us for many years, and we intend to be there for them during this pandemic. Well, we can't thank you enough. Without companies like your local pick-and-save stores and Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, we can't do shows like this. And it's important, I think, for us um, to recognize you and, and, and just say thank you for not only believing in what we do, but, but certainly helping out. Um, customers, pick and save customers all over the state of Wisconsin. And Jim Hyland, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. You got it. We're now joined by Gina Della from Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. And again, we had her on last week to talk to our baseball families from around the state of Wisconsin. Now I want to uh, introduce Gina Della to our football families from around the state. And uh, Gina, thanks a lot for a few minutes of your time. How are you doing today? Good morning. You caught me chewing my diet pill because I'm shopping too much at Pick and Save. There you go. <laughs> Boy, they don't. Hey, they don't mind that at at all. Hey, Gina, week has gone by since we spoke, and I think people are starting to to figure out that they still can order uh, beautiful windows and doors from Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin by going to PellaWI.com and. You know, the word nimble is something that you and I use back and forth quite a bit. But you guys have really, really had to be nimble, not only, you know, as a staff, but certainly the front office and the people up at in Green Bay have had to be extremely nimble when it comes to making sure that we are still open for business, but how we go about uh, going to business, correct? Yes. I, can I tell you about our week since I last talked to you? Sure. <laughs> it's been something it has, else <laughs> it's been the craziest week ever since i talked to you last saturday so thursday good friday yesterday and today we have had actually yesterday we had more appointments on our books than we had on good friday last year and the feedback we are hearing so yesterday was 17 appointments and 13 of them were in person, three were virtual. Today, ironically, we have 17 again. It's the complete opposite. Today, we have 14 virtual, three in person. It's whatever the customer wants, but the number one piece of feedback we are getting is we're staring at our windows. We've had some nice days. We're trying to open our patio door. We want ventilation. We got to do this project. And we realize there'll never be offers like this again because it's a true story. It is. And I have to tell you that that I am a part of the Pella family. My wife, Terry, and I, um, we had Pella windows put in two years ago. And, and Gina, we have a problem. And here's the problem. We have windows, uh, Pella windows in our bedroom and our computer room, which is now my office, and the bathroom. 
And in the middle of winter, my wife said, why is it so warm in our bedroom, in the computer room, in the bathroom? It's so cold in our kitchen, in our living room. And I said, well, what's the difference? The difference is we have good windows that were put in properly from Pella in the three rooms that are really warm. And the ones that are really cold, we do not have Pella windows in. And we started laughing. And that is, that that's the only issue we have that the... the the rooms that we have your product in are so nice and warm and toasty in the wintertime. And the other rooms are so cold that we're trying to figure out when we should turn the heat up because we're going to bed and it's much warmer in the bed. It's, it's the problem that we have to deal with until we get Pella windows into the other rooms that we have. Right. That's so funny because that's something we hear all the time too, especially with the you know heat rises. So, so like now we have some rooms that are too warm because we've replaced with the Palo windows and now we don't know how to accommodate the other rooms we haven't done yet. So of course we have notes on everything and we're calling all those people saying, well, what's a better time than you can go five months without making one pay before making your first payment and then divide it by 60 months right after that at 0% interest. So Michael, maybe hey, it's time for you to. Maybe it's time. Well, I just got a text from my wife who's driving home, believe it or not, from her local pick and save store. And she said, truth be told, she's like, truth be told, it's too cold in our in our kitchen and our living room. Hey, you had talked about some great deals going on and, and you can go to PellaWI.com, PellaWI.com. And, and you can do a virtual appointment. They're, they have they have taken every um, consideration that they have to, and they they've been told to to keep not only their employees safe and healthy, but their customers safe and healthy. And you can go to PellaWI.com. But there are there's a really good deal going on right now, Gina. And can you talk a little bit about the shop at home? There's no payments for five months, plus no interest for five years, or two point nine nine. Uh, for 12 years, which is incredible to me, and an additional 5% off, correct? Right, and we're doing that through the Safer at Home order. Um, just that extra incentive, everybody's just at home anyways. There is also cash offers. If there are people who don't want to do take advantage of financing, there's other offers as well. I mean, we truly try to find a plan that fits for the project. We're just taking advantage of these very rich financing offers that are almost free money right now and really promoting the heck out of that. But there are other offers as well, yes. Hey, is is, is Gina Della your real name? I like that commercial. Oh my I'm just kidding, of God. course. PellaWI.com. PellaWI.com. Do what my brother John did and do what I did and become part of this Pella family. And and, and trust me, the only problem you're going to have is the rooms that you have, the windows with Pella are going to be warmer than the other ones. And you're going to think, man, I just need to finish the house and get the rest with Pella windows. Gina, thank you so much for your time. Happy Easter to you and your family. Uh, I miss seeing you. Give Chris a hug for me and, and look forward to us going out to dinner. Yeah, same to you. Thank you again so much. Yeah, you bet. I, we cannot do these shows without people like Gina Della from Pella Windows and Doors, Wisconsin, and our friends at your local pick-and-save stores. So you football coaches and families around the state that listen to this show, if you're, if you're looking for windows or doors and you know it was a tough winter, now is the time. PellaWI.com. And trust me, they will take really, really good care of you because if they don't, you call me and I'll call Gina Della and she'll make sure 
they take good care of you. We're going to get to a break. Other side of the break, we'll continue talking football. This is the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 